So welcome to the podcast. Um, we have Jim Hawking, who's uh, been on the team for about two years. Um, and uh, we've earlier having some discussion about what we should call the podcast. Still not sure on that. But um, what do you think of uh, Big Talk with Small again? Um, I, that's definitely a contender. Yeah. Or um, what was the other one that we um, – Small Talk? Small Talk. Yeah, it's, small um, talk is cool. lots of options there. But, Short and sweet. Um, so, uh, Jim, you've been on the team for about two years. Uh, mm-hmm. Why did you uh, get into real estate? Um, so, I mean, well, COVID was kind of the thing that expedited the situation. I was in the music industry for a long time, and I, you know, I had always kicked around the idea of getting into real estate until um, I had time off thanks sure. to COVID. So I, I was I was scrolling one day on Facebook and saw an ad for a course, and then I I kind of kept scrolling, and then immediately saw one of my buddies, Kyle Simmons from uh, Las Vegas, who was a real estate agent, um, still is, but yeah, I reached out to him, talked to him about it, and then you know a couple of days later he, he connected me with you, and that's uh, kind of how it all started. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a great two years. Um, so how. On that, how is your um, network, your nationwide network, your worldwide network, how has that benefited you in the real estate business? Um, well, just kind of, I mean, at the in the beginning, I had a lot of support just because, you know, coming from the music industry, I was able to leverage that type of stuff. But I mean, I've gotten, I, I have plenty of referral partners kind of all over the country, some that are overseas. Um, and then just the, you know, like fans and stuff like that of my band, they'll reach out to me sometimes on Instagram and tell me that they're looking for a house. Yeah. So I'll find a real estate agent in their city. And I mean, that's how I can get some additional income, just kind of referrals and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've been in about two years. What did your first year look like? Uh, first year was go, go, go. Um, I was probably working 60 to 80 hours a week most of the time. Um, I was completely immersed in it and I was, it was a lot of phone calls and appointments and mistakes and stuff like that. I mean, I, I was still, you know, I, I closed several deals in my first few months, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's still quite a learning curve and, um, yeah, it's the, my prospecting has changed a little bit since then, but it's not so much like, you know, making 50 plus calls a day. It's more following up with the people who have been nurturing relationships with over time. And, um, then, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll get someone from Instagram directly or, um, someone coming to me like past clients and things like that. Yeah. So you, and you mentioned Instagram, you've been using that lately to, um, kind of help your business. Um, what are some things that you, would say are effective on Instagram that have helped? Yeah. I mean, short form video, like, uh, um, if you can cram a bunch of information into 15 to 90 seconds and post it as a reel, that's going to get a lot more engagement than a photo or an infographic. Don't post infographics on Instagram. They don't work. No one cares to see them. And, uh, it's just going to hard limit your account. But yeah, if you can take that infographic and just turn that into you talking about what the infographic is showing and then write a little bit of a caption, it's going to get a lot of reach and people are going to respond to that. And if you're posting consistently about real estate, people are going to come to you about real estate. And yeah, you talking about the infographic is actually going to um, put you as the expert, not the infographic. Right? Exactly. Because I mean, a lot of these people like agents and stuff, they'll just rip an infographic off from a website. Um, and it's, you know, it has other people's logos on it. it but it, most of the 
people know that they didn't sit there and make that infographic. So if you're if you just turn all of that data into something that you're talking about, then they're going to believe you. They're going to ask you the questions and come to you when they're ready to buy or sell. Mm-hmm. So um, how, how are you helping your clients win? Tell some stories about that. Uh, What's well, something that sets you apart? Yeah, I mean, the the market has shifted a little bit since last year. Last year was super busy. It was go, 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 like show everyone 30 or 40 houses and write 10 to 15 offers. Um, and, you know, I didn't have a problem doing that. Now I've scaled back on the amount of appointments I'm doing, but I've, I've done more business this year so far, and I'm on track to almost double my business this year just by doing a few things. So one big thing I do is a buyer's consultation for, you know, when I've got a, a buyer, if they, if they're repeat buyers or first time home buyer, I still want to sit down with them for one to two hours and discuss the market. Um, all of the documents, the contract verbiage people are using right now, uh, and just go over everything so they are really, really ready to go. And, you know, two hours before a transaction is going to save you days or weeks or months or however long, because the more educated the buyer, the, the, the more, or the, the easier the experience is for them. Yeah. So you're saying, um, you're preparing your clients. Are you talking about the market shift? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, last year, especially it was, you know, tons of, uh, you know, there'd be a ton of offers on the table and the people who were escalating the highest and offering the biggest appraisal gaps, or maybe it was a cash offer or waiving inspections or whatever. A lot of those offers were, were winning. And now that is, that's the case in certain neighborhoods in certain homes. Like if it's super turnkey, or if it's just the neighborhood that everybody wants to be in that, and maybe it's slow, slow turnover. Like, I mean, I'd consider the Northwest side of Grand Rapids pretty competitive. Um, people want to be there and not a lot of homes go up on the market over there in comparison to other neighborhoods. So um, those slower turnover neighborhoods, as soon as one goes up, everyone jumps on it. So you're you're still going to see some competition. Like there was an offer that I wrote today. There were already eight plus offers on the table when I called him earlier this morning. And uh, so I would anticipate, you know, that's going to happen in some, some areas. But if you are Um, if you're not a competitive buyer, I would say, listen to your agent for one, but two, go after properties that are seven days plus on the market. Maybe they came back to market during inspections or just look for those opportunities because you can get something at asking price or under asking price or have the seller pay your closing costs or buy your rate down. If you're, you know, three or, you know, 400 plus thousand, uh, maybe a new construction would work because buy, uh, builders are trying to offload inventory right now and they're going to pay all of your closing yeah. costs and buy your rate down just to get you into it. So there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, don't be too stuck in your ways and, you know, be open to maybe some things that you w- weren't thinking of initially. What would you say is your superpower? Like what sets you apart from maybe other real estate agents? Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, preparing my buyers and sellers for all the outcomes that, you know, could be possible and just being communicative. Um, I also work really, really well under pressure. Maybe I might work better under pressure than in like a relaxed state. If there's pressure on me, I can, you know, I can get a lot of things done. For example, like last summer when, you know, Monday morning would roll around and I would have, I'd have to write like eight offers for every one of my buyers. Um, I could crank, you know, I could crank those out quick. Now I can write a purchase agreement in five minutes now. Like it's, um, but yeah, I mean, so working well under pressure and dealing with that stress and stuff is uh, something I'm really, really good at. 
So um, working with a, a lot of different buyers, how do you um, stay in touch with all of them? Um, well, our CR, like, so our CRM, and if you're not a real estate agent, CRM is client uh, resource, wait, client, what is I think it? that's a mystery of real estate. Yeah. Client relationship manager. Relationship manager. Yeah. So our, our system, it's, uh, you know, it's awesome. Like it has all of the people divided up by when they're buying and their price point, name, email, phone number, all that stuff. And it has all of our conversations in there. Um, and I'll know when I need to reach out to someone based on how they are set up in the system. And I can change that. You know, if someone says, Hey, we're going to wait a few months. Okay. Flip them over to, you know, three months out. Yeah. Um, and someone might be a year out and they'll tell me that they're ready next week. So we'll start looking, but, um, yeah. And then I, I try to fill up my schedule once a new inventory starts going out. So, you know, maybe a Wednesday, like, which is when inventory, like the early bird listings start to hit the market out here. Um, and then Thursday, you know, you get the, a lot of them, but Wednesday I start to try and fill up my showing schedule for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I've got a, just a block of appointments throughout the weekend. And then I can write offers in the early week and then midweek I can, you know, chill out a little bit more. Although I don't really do that. <laughs> Some, something we kind of have in common. We both uh, work a lot. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy what I do. Um, and it, it doesn't, it's so like, yeah, when you enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't necessarily feel like work. And then, um, I mean, I, I still cut out uh, plenty of time for my kids and family and stuff like um, I wouldn't say I'm a workaholic, but, you know, I want to I'd rather work a lot right now than have to work into my 70s. It makes a lot of sense. So um, you mentioned your family. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your family. Um, I've got two kids, uh, both daughters. One is seven and one's going to be two on my birthday. We share a birthday. She was awesome. Yeah, she was born. She was supposed to be born on Thanksgiving and she was um, she was born on the uh, holier day, my birthday. <laughs> um, what are some things outside of real estate that you like to do? Um, I play music. I would go to the gym. Um, uh, oh, wow. I play video games. I'm a video game nerd for sure. Like, um, I've been teased quite a bit by those close to me by the types of video games I play. I play RPGs. I like, um, you know, just super nerdy, like wizard stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. Swords and shields. All the, yeah, like Skyrim and cyberpunk. And my wife teased me about that too. I tell her if a dragon ever attacks her or a zombie ever attacks her, mm. don't come to me. I, I, oh, I, I would know what to do in both I would, of those but situations. She's teased me enough about it. To oh, where, oh, that like, she's, yeah, you're her. not going to help her out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame you there. I mean, she's got to, Figure out how to fight those zombies and dragons on her own. Yeah, because so. uh, yeah, if um, if she's abusing you like that, then you can't help her out. Okay. So, um, so um, what are some things that you could maybe talk about that um, new agents can do, or somebody just getting into business? What are some things they should think about or do to help them get started faster? Um, yeah. So, if you are just getting into the business, I would say try and find a team in your area who does a lot of transactions. Um, I joined. Yeah, I joined this team, and I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm not. I, I'm not a good logistics guy, so handling all the extra stuff um, would be a lot for me. So. Get into the business, get on a team, focus on the people, the transactions, learning, all of that. Uh, get really good on the phone, get really good at appointments, and um, you know maybe get a coach if they don't 
provide one accountability, whatever it is, but yeah, stay on top of that stuff and don't stop calling until you have a full pipeline of business. So you said extra stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe somebody wouldn't know what extra stuff means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you feel like are good that they're taking off your plate? Yeah, I mean, so transaction coordinating, like uh, anything from contract to close. So the purchase agreement and everything is fully signed. Um, we have a transaction coordinator and she communicates with the title company, the listing agent. Um, and just, I mean, like, and it's funny too, because I say that and then I like totally blank out because I don't know that process because that's what she does. I don't either. Yeah. And then, uh, but she does all of that. So I can focus on the next person, the next transaction, uh, negotiating deals and, you you know, showing properties or doing listing appointments, things like that. Um, marketing, I, I do my own marketing on Instagram, but the team is still doing marketing and lead generation. Um, you know, just otherwise you're kind of on your own and I would rather get really good at what I'm really good at and instead of have to try and do five or six different jobs. Yeah. It's, um, amazing how much more you can get done when you focus on things that you like to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just, yeah, I'm not a logistics guy. Um, so, and you know, like if I were to ever, like, I I can't even think about starting uh, like a team or anything like that because I I wouldn't want to deal with the bills or just all the stuff on the back end, setting up the systems. I would rather like have this, have the systems in place so I can come in and do the business that I want to do instead of build all of it myself. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, like I coming from the music industry, I was in a team environment, um, but the systems were already in place. I was just a, a communicator. I was working with the agents and the managers and, um, and then just, I mean, communicating with my band and stuff sure. like that. But all of the stuff was already built and ready to go. I didn't have to go do any of it. And, you know, I would, we paid a manager to get us onto tours. We paid then an agent to book the tours. We paid, other people to do things because that's not, we weren't able to do it ourselves. I mean, we, we technically could have, and we did early, early on, but that's when you get to a certain point, you just have to pass it off to someone else and do what Somebody you're good maybe at. Focuses on it. Could yeah. Be better. Focus on this so we can write the music and um, release the, the albums, which I mean, the label was releasing the album. So that when we were just writing the music and showing up to the, to the shows and getting on the planes that we were supposed to be on. Yeah. Um, so speaking of getting on a plane, we're mm-hmm. actually going to be getting on a plane very soon and going to the um, Tom Ferry Summit. What are some things that you hope to get from that? Um, well, it's it'll be my second real estate convention. Like we did the family reunion, Keller Williams, earlier this year. Yep. And um, I mean, I, I don't really know what to expect. Like I've watched some of his uh, um, snippets from other conventions that he's like that Tom Ferry's done. And uh, we re- he and I recently connected on Instagram. So I'm going to bother him a little bit when we get down to Dallas and see if we can meet up for a drink. But other than that, I mean, I'm just hoping to, I don't know, I don't, maybe motivation or inspiration or something, maybe have an aha moment that will help me break through to the next level and, um, and keep going. But yeah. Yeah. So th- I, I'm, I know there's going to be a big focus on social media. So what are some other um, things that you learned at maybe the family reunion Mm. convention? What are the takeaways from that? that Um, Family reunion, I feel like, was starting to kind of touch on... um, we were starting to talk about the market about to shift. Um, I mean, when, when the fed announced that they were raising rates, I kind of anticipated four to six months before the, a real slowdown happened. And I was just about right on with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe for, for this, like, I mean, if they're talking about social media, I'm going to be like 
all in on that because I'm, you know, doing reels and posts, not as much as I should be. If and if I'm watching Tom Ferry or Jason Pantana talk about social media, they'd prob- probably be disappointed with how often I'm posting. Uh, but I, I just need to pick it up and get more consistent. I need a bank of content that I can drop because filming every day sucks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just because you can't be in this and that that good headspace every single time you try. So if you're in a good headspace to film, do as much as you possibly can. That's, that's one of the things I hope to um, be able to take off of agents plates is filming mm-hmm. every day. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really why we hired Jeremy to help yeah. us with yeah. content. Yeah. I mean, he sent me a couple so far just from another podcast I did and um, that's great. I just, I want to get some more of the informational stuff that I was doing when I first started. And I mean, I'm never going to, you're never going to see me do a TikTok dance. That's just not going to happen. It's not my brand. Um, but there will be more varied content. I did a lot of property walkthroughs too. Some of them pop off, some of them don't, but I really like walking through houses and getting video. So I'm, there's going to be just kind of an amalgamation of all sorts of different video content on there. Tell me about that. Tell me the coolest thing you've seen in a house that you've walked through. Um, let me see. So anything you can remember? Yeah, I mean, I've walked through. I've, I mean, some. So I mean, you go through like multi-million dollar properties, and the listing agents typically want like you know a proof of funds or a pre-approval before you go. Um, so I would call around to agents who are willing to let me through, and um, I got a couple really cool walkthroughs of some you know higher end properties in the area, and yeah, those are those are always fun, and I mean. There's one that I went through a couple, actually a few weeks ago. I'm watching it right now. It like it was a super beautiful mid-century modern home that was completely renovated inside. It was amazing, um, and it was less than six hundred thousand dollars, which I mean sounds like a lot of money, but it would have been four million in L.A. or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, got a bunch on here. I don't know. I, whenever I see a really, really cool house, I just pull my phone out and I'll just walk through it real quick. So I try to show up to houses, you know, 10 or 15 minutes early if I can, like if my schedule allows and shoot. And then if the listing agent's fine with me posting it, then I'll post it. Yeah. It's important to always ask. Yeah, for sure. I, there was a few times that I didn't and I never got in trouble for it, but then I figured I'd probably want to know if someone was doing that with my listing or maybe the sellers would know it's, and maybe the sellers would see it and then be upset about it. So yeah, I started asking. What do you say is the biggest learning curve? Like what was the hardest thing for you to figure out getting started in real estate? Um, knowing what to say on the phone is like the first thing that jumps out because when you get your license, you, you know how to like not get in trouble with the law, but you don't know anything about the business. You don't know anything really about homes or transactions. So you don't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, and I was, you know, I was in a coaching program, which was super helpful at the time. But, um, yeah, I really, I probably could have shortened that learning curve a little bit if we had had a Skyler on the team who is really, really good with, you know, scripting and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I, I still I still get hung up on certain things sometimes, or maybe I'm not warmed up yet and I'll like have a phone dive, but yeah, talking on the phone, I mean, and it's really, really, I, I complicate it more than I should, but I, I, I would say early on having, um, just a, a, a ton of heavy focus on being on the phone and how to navigate questions and statements and things like that would have shortened my learning curve a lot, probably got me a lot more business. Or if I had just been like not afraid to talk on the phone, I guess I was go hand in hand. Like if I had been, if I had had the, 
you know, if I knew what to say and I was confident about it, I would have made more phone calls and I would have made more money. So I'm trying to make more phone calls and stay cycle. more consistent. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a cycle that feeds itself. So yeah, phone calls are where, where it all starts. Um, any, any, uh, tips you can give a new agent just getting started? Yeah. Um, make your phone calls, practice in the car. I don't even listen to music, uh, in the car, which is weird cause I'm a musician, but, um, I will go through scenarios and just kind of practice the gift of gab and just talking to people. Like, especially if it's a new, um, like a new buyer that I'm meeting or somebody, yeah. I'll just uh, like talk like, I, like they're right in front of me. Um, so by the time I see them, I'm super warmed up and uh, I'm, you know, ready to go. Like, yeah, stuff like that. It's, it's really, I mean, it's a social, uh, profession. So just staying on top of that is important. Another thing I would say is stay really, really on top of what's happening, not just in the local market, but national, um, have figures in your head, like the, just every number that has to do with real estate, like the, the average mortgage note is held for two and a half years. Um, you know, just, just stupid little things like that. You're going to be surprised at how often you drop it and how often those buyers or sellers are going to, I mean, maybe impressed is too much, but like, they're just going to appreciate that. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I got a, I got a message from a lady I met at an open house and she lives in East Grand Rapids in a beautiful, like nice home. It's, uh, you know, and she's probably had her fair share of real estate transactions in her life, but she messaged me specifically to tell me that she was impressed with my knowledge and, um, was, you know, going to recommend me to some of her family and friends and things like that, which is good. It's good to hear, but if you really, really know what's going on in the area, that's great. And if you know what's going on in general, like that's just, it's going to put you a way, way above. Um, I would also say, don't try and sell people homes. Like, because if you, I mean, one commission breath is a thing, but if you are really, really representing someone's best interest and there's a home that, you know, maybe doesn't check all the boxes or maybe it's, uh, maybe there's some glaring issues that are showing up. If you tell someone like, I don't think you should write an offer on this house there's going to be more homes for you to show them. You're going to get a sale eventually, but um, don't try and jam them into the first place that they see because once that once they see that you're not just trying to jam them into a house, they're going right. to, one, they're going to trust you, and two, they're going to tell everybody that that's how you roll. A- asking questions, putting your clients' needs first. That's, yes. That's the name of the game for sure. Yeah, I've told people to not write offers a hundred times, and would I have made a little bit more money in the short term if I didn't do that? probably. Will I make more money in the long term because I was being a fiduciary? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, uh, next five years, I, I mean, I would like to stay, I mean, I'm going to be in Grand Rapids for sure. Uh, I'm, I really, really like West Michigan. I think the city is growing. A lot of industries are moving in. Um, I mean, the plans for what's gonna happen downtown with like the amphitheater and stuff and just yeah. all the I mean it's uh, Grand Rapids is gonna rival Detroit in 20 years um I think it's it'll be a nicer version of Detroit for sure but yeah it's it's the place to be it's where Denver was 10 years ago um so yeah I, I I'm gonna be here I want to stay in real estate and you know I want to build an investment portfolio and things like that but um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. I mean, I'm, I'm almost two years in, which is insane, but the, that two years flew and I would imagine five years from now that it's just going to sneak right up on me.
It'll happen quicker than you know. Yeah, you're yeah, definitely I'll, ahead of the game as far as your transactions and your experience. Yeah, I mean, I'll be, you know, 25 one, in five years. <laughs> it's hard to laugh. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be 40 in five years. Oof. I'm halfway it's to... not that bad. I'm halfway to 70 right now, though. That scares me. Halfway to 70. Like, when you break it up like that, it's it feels different. Like, how old are you, Jeremy? 24. He's not even halfway to 50. You're as old as you feel. I know. I feel 23. There you go. They're 23 then. We'll go yeah. with that. And yeah. Did I did you think I was 35 when when you met me? He had no idea. <laughs> well, Jeremy's almost too nice sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So um so um whether you're looking to buy, sell, or, or invest in real estate, or if you're thinking about just getting in, into real estate as an agent, how could someone get in touch with you? Um, you can follow me at, at Jim Hocking, H-O-C-K-I-N-G, on Instagram. Uh, message me there. Or I've got a um, like a contact card on there. It's the Popple link on my Instagram. That'll have my phone number, email address, and everything else that you need. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tell me about that Popple. Uh, Popple's a little, it's like a, you know, one of those little cards. Um, it works on QR code or just like tapping the back of the phone and it pulls up a link and everything. And, uh, it exchanges the information from the person that you scanned it with. So it'll drop their stuff in, it'll drop their information in your phone and then it'll give them all of your information. You can include links and videos and all sorts of stuff. Um, I haven't used it to the to like its max potential yet, but sure. um, the link on it itself has I've people have added their contacts um, into mine just from that link, and then um, I use it at open houses and stuff. And when I'm meeting people, they're like, "Oh, do you have any cards?" I'm like, "Well, you can take one, but it'll end up in the trash." So just let me just tap the back of your phone with this really quick. They always think it's cool. I don't know how like um, I, don't, I mean maybe maybe people have you know, stayed in touch with me because of it. I don't really know, but yeah, it, I like it better than business cards. Cause most people throw business cards away. I collect business cards all the time and I never ever use them. Yeah. So, um, oh, cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to mm-hmm. chat with me and get, get to know you a little bit more. And, um, that's it. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs>